warning, Wicked Wanderers is not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, Wanderers, and welcome to Wicked Wanderers Podcast. I am your Wicked hostess, Jacqueline, and you may be wondering what this podcast is all about. Each week, we will travel to a different destination, and I will discuss a haunted place, some dark tourism, as well as some fun and unique things to do while we are there. So pack your bags. We're going to Florida. Welcome to the Sunshine State, known for its Florida oranges. You can actually get free orange juice at their Welcome Center if you're driving through. Sandy beaches on both the Atlantic and Gulf of Mexico, the Everglades, the Florida Keys, and of course, home to the Florida Man. But before we get to our first destination in Florida, here are some fun facts and weird laws. The Black Panther is native to Florida. Florida has both alligators and crocodiles. The refrigerator was invented in Florida. In Sarasota, Florida, there is one of the only Amish beach resort in the world. Who knew the Amish went to the beach? Men can't wear a strapless gown in Florida. It is illegal to gossip in Florida. Well, I'd be in jail. You can only do it missionary style. You cannot shower naked. I don't really know how that's supposed to work. Imitating an animal is forbidden. It costs the same amount for parking a car at the parking meter as it does to tie an elephant to it. You know, I actually wouldn't be surprised if somebody tried to do that shit in Florida. You cannot sell your children. But it doesn't say that you can't sell other people's children. I hope nobody would do this. It is illegal to fart at any public place after 6 p.m. I wonder who enforces this. You can't engage in dwarf tossing, and it's legal to offend your granny. Oh, Florida, your laws concern me, but I can't say I haven't broken a few of those. Now, to our first destination. We will be traveling to St. Augustine. St. Augustine has a unique charm to it, filled with Spanish architecture, history, beaches, and it's a perfect vacation spot. Did you know? St. Augustine is the oldest European settlement in the United States. It's been inhabited since 1565, and there is no shortage of spooky places. And our first destination is the St. Augustine Lighthouse. Located at 100 Red Cox Road, St. Augustine, it was first constructed in 1589. Let me give you some quick history on the lighthouse. The lighthouse was built by the Spanish crown. Spain and Britain were at war, so a canoe was provided to those at the watchtower to alert everybody of incoming vessels. I couldn't imagine rowing a canoe to alert everybody. This couldn't have been a fast method to do so. Between the years 1731 and 1762, there were pirates off the Florida coast, smuggling, murders, shipwrecks, illegal boardings, all took place. 1740, the watchtower became a beacon of hope for runaway slaves. The Spaniards were not being good people. They just wanted to provoke and annoy the British. 
they created Fort Moose. Fort Moose was a safe place and community for the free and escaped slaves. As a result, the British, who owned the slaves, got pissed off and ended up occupying Fort Moose during the 1740 Siege of St. Augustine. This ended up destroying the fort. In 1752, the Spanish rebuilt Fort Moose. And the free people that lived there made Fort Moose the first free African-American community in the United States. After the long-ass Seven Years' War, the British were given St. Augustine, which included the Watchtower. They started remodeling the Watchtower and slowly converting it into a lighthouse. Shipwrecks were still a serious problem. The HMS industry sank off the shallows of St. Augustine. Some sailors lost their lives in this tragic event. The ship was destroyed and pieces of it were used to reinforce the lighthouse. There were 16 shipwrecks during a nor'eastern on New Year's Eve in 1782 while attempting to enter the harbor. These ships were British ships that were evacuating Charlestown, a.k.a. Charleston, South Carolina, following the American victory in the Revolutionary War on December 14, 1781. March 25, 1824, the lighthouse was operational. 1870, beach erosion was threatening the existence of the lighthouse, so it was reconstructed. Let's fast forward all the way to 1941. 1971, the Junior Service League restored the property and opened the Maritime Museum. The site was added to the National Registry of Historic Places. The lighthouse has survived centuries. No wonder why it's considered one of the most haunted places. The lighthouse has lasted through plagues and wars, and it still stands tall as a beacon of light in the darkness. It has a twisted black and white stripes with a red cap. Reminds me of something I have a nightmare for Christmas. The lighthouse has seen its fair amount of death, and these stories attributed to the horrors of this place. The most notorious spirit at St. Augustine Lighthouse is the lighthouse keeper, Peter Rasmussen. He is most active in the keeper's basement. Staff and tourists say they have encountered a man in blue lurking in the shadows. He was the longest lighthouse keeper serving 23 years. Peter loved the lighthouse, and he also loved smoking cigars, despised intruding tourists, and he was overall a grouchy person. People have smelt a slight scent of cigar smoke, but nobody has been there for years. Workers are frightened of a man in blue. They have encountered his full-body apparition, and Peter's spirit has harassed them. One lighthouse keeper refused to go back to work saying Peter heckled him for an entire night. Peter sounds like he's a fucking dick. Next is the miserable watcher. That sounds like a creepy porn. Harn was the first keeper at St. Augustine Lighthouse from 1875 to 1889. He and his family were the first residents of the keeper's house. Unfortunately, Harn was the first keeper to die. He died from tuberculosis and malaria that he contracted during the Civil War. According to Lighthouse Records, a doctor's notice before Harn dies said that he was in such a weakened state that Kate, his wife, must have been doing his work for about a year before he died. The parlor room area is where he is most active. You can hear coughing, which the lighthouse staff says is William Harn. You will also get a cold feeling and it will feel like it's hard to catch your breath. Our next set of spirits is of Joseph Andrew and his wife. Joseph was whitewashing the lighthouse and fell to his death. 
Joseph is seen at the top of the tower. The top area where Joseph is seen has a padlock on the door with a sensor and an alarm. The door was found open several times without setting the alarm off. The alarm company investigated but couldn't figure out why this is happening. After his death, his wife Maria became the first official female lighthouse keeper in a scene in a white dress with long hair. The last set of spirits is of Eliza and Mary Petiti. Hezekiah Petiti was in charge of the construction of the new lighthouse. He would bring his daughters along with the children of the site workers to the job site. The children would all play together. One day, the children decided to play with a supply cart. While they were playing in the cart, it somehow got unscrewed, rolled down the hill, and the children were thrown into the water. A worker rushed to their rescue but didn't make it in time. Eliza and Mary drowned. There are three little girls that can be heard playing games throughout the premises. They love to play around with people. It has been reported that a young girl wearing a red dress is seen standing at the window of the keeper's house. Children's footprints are found in the keeper's house when there are no children present. The lighthouse is one of the most haunted spots in St. Augustine. The unexplainable, supernatural, and mysterious events make it one of the most haunted places in the United States as well. Ghost hunters visit the lighthouse frequently. The lighthouse still stands on the coast of Florida, and it seems to be protected by energies not of our world. You can visit the lighthouse and climb the 290 spiral steps to the top and enjoy the view and take a glimpse into what life was like for the keepers there. While in St. Augustine, there are several fun things to do. Go to the Anastasia Park located at 300 Anastasia Park Road in St. Augustine. The park is opened all year and is only $8 per vehicle. This beautiful park has 1,600 acres and over four miles of white sandy beaches, salt marshes, and sand dunes. They also have four miles of biking trails with bike rentals. You can kayak, canoe, or paddleboard. I enjoy paddleboarding. I just got into paddleboarding in 2022, and it is so much fun. Nope to anybody who's never paddleboarded before because I did not know this. Don't stand with your feet staggered. Stand with them side by side, shoulder width apart. When you're staggered, it just makes it so much harder to paddle. I wish somebody had told me about that earlier. You can also rent the paddle boards, canoes, and kayaks. This place really has it all. There's a restaurant, hiking trails, geo-seeking, fishing. You can rent a sailboat, bird watching, picnic areas, showers, laundry, which is over in the camping area, surfing. There's areas for family reunions and wedding venues. You can do some wildlife viewings, see some dolphins, manatees, sea turtles, fish, crabs, and marsh birds. You may even catch a glimpse of the endangered Anastasia Island beach mouse. That sounds so adorable. If you want to stay longer, no problem. They have campgrounds for both tents and RV. This place is so cool and it's not very expensive to stay at, especially if you would like to go somewhere on a budget. Another thing you can do while in St. Augustine is enjoy some fishing. You're in Florida, why not? You can fish from the shore or get a chartered trip. I've done a chartered trip before 
I didn't think it would be that fun, but I truly had a blast. The redfish is a main attraction as well as the trout and flounder in St. Augustine. You can try to catch a silver king near the reefs. You can find grouper, snapper, wahoo, mahi-mahi, and sailfish. The local charters have direct access to the open water. You can book a charter trip online or just go by the marina. Try some fresh seafood. Since you're already near the water, grab some off-the-dock fresh seafood. The Commander's Shellfish Camp is highly recommended. They sell fresh seafood in their market and serve the seafood for lunch and dinner. There is also O.C. White's Restaurant and Carrie's Seafood Bar and Grill, which are all highly recommended for fresh seafood. A bonus is O.C. White's and Harry's Seafood are both haunted. Go on a scavenger hunt. Regular tours can be boring. Why not make it fun by going on a scavenger hunt? Enjoy the oldest city and go hunting through the historic streets of St. Augustine. Solve puzzles and learn about the history at the same time. There are several companies in St. Augustine that offer this type of tour. This is something I would recommend doing. Why not make learning about history fun? Take a stroll down St. George Street. This iconic street is essential to visiting St. Augustine. The nightlife, entertainment, restaurants are all not too far away from the beach. Make sure you stop by the historic Pina Peck House. Go to the Witty Whiskers Cafe. Again, I'm a huge animal lover and I own two cats, Little Wheezy and Pookie. So, of course, this would be on my list. Go enjoy coffee, wine, beer, and some tasty bakery treats while enjoying the company of some adoptable kitties. We have a place like this where I live called the Tabby Cat Cafe, and I love the concept and the idea of this. These precious cats get a nice home until they're adopted, and if you're not ready for a pet, you can still enjoy being around some. Now, it's time to go to our final destination. Let's get dark. The Casablanca Inn is located at 24 Avindia Mendez Street in St. Augustine. Restored in 1914, the Casablanca Inn is a sight to see. This Mediterranean Revival Inn is stunning. Before it was the Casablanca Inn, it was the Mentensis Hotel. A sweet widow named Miss Bradshaw was the manager of the hotel. She cooked, cleaned, and took care of the hotel guests. Like everywhere in 1920, the hotel fell on hard times and prohibition began. Miss Bradshaw, barely scraping by, came up with a plan. The waterfront view of this hotel would make the perfect spot to smuggle alcohol in overnight. So, sweet Miss Bradshaw became a smuggler. And she was killing it. She would wait for all the cops to be gone out of the area. And then she would hang a lantern up in a second story window. Her bootlegging business ran smoothly right under the FBI's noses. Talk about a boss bitch. She made a small fortune and kept the hotel up and running. Smugglers would come in from Cuba and stay at the hotel. A few years later, the hotel changed hands and became the Casablanca Inn. This beautiful inn has 22 luxury rooms and suites. Of course, it is updated to modern times. It is also on the Register of National Historic Places. I love the aesthetic to this inn. It's breathtaking and is home to several spirits. The first spirit, of course, is Miss Bradshaw. 
It is said that she fell in love with one of the smugglers. Tragically, he died at sea. A disembodied lantern is seen floating and is said she is looking for her love. Or she's living out her glory days calling the smugglers in. Miss Bradshaw will make her appearance in front of guests. Her footsteps can be heard. It is said she hates tablecloths and she will rip them off. I guess tablecloths are an acquired taste. And if you smell sweet oranges, you may have encountered her. That is her favorite scent. Miss Bradshaw is a sweet, kind spirit. She is a positive force that just wants to help the current owners run the bed and breakfast. Occasionally, she will rearrange items, move or borrow items, but she always gives them back. That's a ghost I could live with, and she will also help clean too. Children are heard playing around, and some guests have been touched by a child's spirit. According to one guest, they saw a child's apparition walk through a wall. This makes sense because during the Great Depression, the hotel was a safe refuge for struggling families. When you book a room at the Casablanca, make sure you get room 11. Room 11 is home to another spirit, Mr. Butler. I couldn't find much information on Mr. Butler, but he loves to appear in front of people. One witness said he was a stylish man, very nicely dressed. Doesn't sound too bad at all. It is also said that he assures people that he appears in front of that everything will be okay. But everyone who stays in room 11 that encounters him flees. Don't know why. He seems friendly and nice. Maybe they're not aware this place is haunted. The new owners are sticks in the mud and they don't talk about the hauntings. I mean, valid to flee. I mean, it's valid to flee if you're at a nice, luxurious inn and come face to face with a ghost. The staff of course, would be the ones who have the most experience since this is their workplace and they're always there. Cold spots and feelings of being touched are common occurrences for the staff. Also, when beds are freshly made, they will see imprints or when they try to make the bed and straighten out the sheets, they are unable to like somebody is there. For those of you who may like dark tourism, but don't want to stay somewhere super scary. The Casablanca Inn seems like a friendly ghost place. They are open and you can book your stay on their website. If you have any experiences when on vacation or have been to the Lighthouse, Casablanca Inn, anywhere in St. Augustine, or just have been to any cool places, I would love to hear about them. Please send an email to wickedwandererspodcast at gmail.com. And this concludes my episode of Wicked Wanderers. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Five stars would be best. This is the best way for others to find my podcast. I do write, edit, and record this podcast all by myself. So if you would like to donate to the cause, you can visit patreon.com slash wickedwanderers. You can do a general one-time donation, or there is a subscription low. You can do a one-time donation or you can do a monthly subscription where you will find bonus episodes. I, I will post pictures of all the places discussed on my Instagram at wicked underscore wanderers podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys. And as always, wonder more and stay wicked. Uh-huh.